Okay, we're going to take communion today, but what we want to do is make up our mind about this. One of the problems you have in church is once you do something a few times, it becomes rote. It becomes kind of blasé or just something that we do. And one of the things that we don't want to do at this church is ever let the Lord's table become flippant or light or something that we don't think about when we do it. We're just taking communion. We're just drinking the wine and eating the bread. And that's what we need to have a clear understanding. And I think every time we take communion, we need to have a clear understanding of the supernatural power of God that's going to operate today at communion. As a matter of fact, you'll find out when the communion table is served at a church, God responds to that table. Now, I know God is everywhere all the time. I get that. He's omnipresent. But also, He has manifested presence. That is, when He shows up in a location to do something. When we take communion He has a personal obligation. He's not that we obligated him, but he obligated himself that he's going to participate at this table. So we're going to deal with that today. One of the things that I think for communion today, I want it to be for you, is that I want it to be for the Lord. Just kind of giving you some encouragement today. Maybe just just saying, hey, you can do this. You can make it. Maybe you need that today. I don't know how the rest of you guys do, but yesterday uh, I found myself for some stupid reason, I'm sure, and I shouldn't use the word stupid because Riley's kid, if he sees it or hears it, will reprimand me for that. Riley has already made fun of me wearing a sweater today instead of wearing short sleeves, so I've had all of this negative activity trying to pull through it. But yesterday, it was very positive. I was, I was trying to make up some workouts and, and so I went to the gym yesterday for a little while and while I was there, one of the things, well, Josh Holt was there and Dylan was there and, and uh, uh, Josh is back in the sound booth right now. So I was at the gym yesterday and one of the exercises that we had to do, now for me, I can't do these handstand push-ups, like when you're on your hands, your feet's up on the wall and then you do push-ups, which is totally ridiculous. So I can't do those, but I can handstand. And so I had to do it. I, I asked some of my friends, my small group, I have a small group that I'm in and I, I just texted out my small group and I said, how long should I do a handstand since I can't do the, the push-ups? And they sent me back different ideas. Riley, Riley is a, really a son of encouragement because he said, you need to do at least an hour. I'm thinking, dude, I don't even go to the gym for an hour. I'm not, I'm not going to handstand an hour. So finally, it became more reasonable. And uh, Cam said a minute. So I, I went with a minute. But a minute a handstand is a long time. The older you get, the longer it is. So, so Josh is doing his exercises. He and Dylan, they're in another part of the gym. And they're working out, doing another thing. And when I got up on that wall, my hands down, head down, feet up, I'm on the wall. And I'm, I'm, you know, getting about 30 seconds or so of that minute. And I heard someone across the gym. I know I'm going to cry so stupid. But, but Josh said, go Mike. <laughs> he didn't tell me that when I was doing box jumps. He didn't tell me that when I was doing toes to bar. He didn't tell me that when I was running around the, the bank. But every time that I would get up on that wall to do those handstands, the hardest thing that I would do that day I got that go Mike from Josh. Now he's not heard me say this until just now. 
How much I totally appreciated that because the one thing in that workout that I was the lousiest at, the hardest to do, I would hear that word of encouragement coming from him. The other times I was doing it, he didn't care what I was doing. But when I did that, when I did that, it drew attention. So what I want to do today, what I want to do today is just draw your attention to the Lord's table. And and I'm really kind of conflicted on this, conflicted on this. I'm conflicted on a lot of things, but on this today... I was a little bit conflicted because I've got, I've got my journaling notes that I just write down the thoughts as they come to me and, uh, concerning, uh, a message or, or things that God's doing. And so I've got my journal notes and then I've got these sermon notes of what I probably need to say today. And I got to thinking about it. I thought, well, maybe I'll just share a little bit out of my journal notes. I won't take long today. But I may share a little bit out of this, but I want us to start today in Psalms 23. Now, we're in a series I didn't realize that it was going to be. I don't know that Pastor Gabriel did, but it's uh, into the wild. And uh, we're going to look at Psalms 23. So I'm going to ask you right now, if you would, uh, to just look with us. We're going to read this out of the Amplified Bible. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me, and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes, restores my soul, my life. And restore is something I want you to kind of get a hold of. And I think the Amplified Bible makes it clear for us that this shepherd is with us. And if there's a shepherd, then it implies there are sheep. He, sheep. he leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you're with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I think this is very important, what the shepherd does. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you've anointed my head and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell forever throughout all of my days in the house of the Lord and in the presence of the Lord. The thing that I want you to catch today, at least out of this, was number one, we were in a valley uh, of the shadow of death and we're not going to fear evil and we do that because there's a shepherd with us. And it implies, according to David, that There's a shepherd, that's God, and there's sheep, and they are us. And one of the things that you do in there is we we understand we've got a shepherd leading us, he's guiding us, and then he prepares a table for us. And it's interesting to me that he prepares the table in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head. He gives me a cup of the joy of the Lord and it overflows. And all I'm saying is this, is that's a part of why we do communion is because it was already preset. It was preset by God. As a matter of fact, we've talked before about the law first mention. And in the law first mention, if you study the Lord's table, you'll find it going all the way back to Exodus chapter 12. And that's when the children of Israel were going to get out of Egypt. Y'all remember that story. And the Bible said, before you do this, how you're going to get out of here, the 10 plagues uh, had already been used. Now we're getting down to the, the, uh, the, the Passover. And the Passover was the time when God said that the children of Israel would get a lamb, right? A lamb for the house. They'd bring the lamb in. They would kill the lamb. They'd take the lamb's blood. They'd put it on the doorpost and the lintel of the door. And when they did, he said, when the death angel passes through the land and all the firstborn are going to die, he will pass over you. Now, 
That death angel, I know it's complicated, but that death angel wasn't the devil. That death angel, God sent that angel and they knew that if there wasn't protection that the firstborn was going to die. That was a part of what God was doing. Here's the thing that interests me about this. If the blood of a lamb in the Old Testament, if the blood of a lamb in the Old Testament could keep an angel from having any kind of destruction over my house, then what will the blood of Jesus do against the devil? I'm just saying, if the blood of a lamb was able to protect even against an angel, what will the blood of Jesus do for us against the devil? I mean, he just, he can't make an attack against us that's going to last or succeed because of the blood of the lamb. Now, you can track that back to, to Exodus 12. They killed the lamb. They had the unleavened bread. In the New Testament, if you pull it all the way through to the New Testament, they were taking the Passover meal as well. But one of the things Jesus did, and you'll find this in Matthew 26, you'll find it again in Mark 14, you'll find it in Luke 22, where Jesus is going to have the Passover meal with the disciples. And the interesting thing there is, He gives them bread and He gives them wine. He said, this is my body and this is my blood. As you take this, you do this in remembrance of me when he was handing that out the interesting thing is there was no lamb at their passover meal there was no lamb on the table there was a lamb at the table not on the table jesus was the lamb he didn't have to give them the lamb's meat because he said this bread is what this signifies so we have an old testament image of it and we follow it through as you follow it through to the new testament then jesus says this also in all three of those chapters he said this is the new covenant this is the new covenant in my blood in my sacrifice the new covenant now here's something you need to understand can't just anybody make a new covenant only god makes a covenant You don't make the covenant. God makes a covenant and we join the covenant with Him. We didn't make the covenant. Here's what I like about Jesus. It lets me know that He is God and was God in the flesh when He said, this is the new covenant. The Word of God says in the book of Hebrews that the new covenant created by Christ through His death, burial, and resurrection is better than the old covenant. He's a better sacrifice, better blood, better life, Everything is better. The results are better in the new covenant than they were in the old covenant. So I have, I just jotted notes down that, that maybe will encourage some of us today. But one of the things I jotted down was a Syrophoenician woman in the New Testament when she came to Jesus and said, my daughter's bound by devil, grievously bound, and she needs to be delivered. And Jesus said this, he said, but this healing is the children's bread. It's the children's bread. So I'm just going to help you understand when you take communion today, you're taking the children's bread. You're taking the bread. This bread has some significance to it. Now, some of y'all are going to say, yeah, but that's just going to be some bread that y'all bought at the store. And that's just juice that y'all put in the cups. And I get that. But this is the only time in your faith walk that you handle the things of faith. 
Everything else in your faith walk with Christ as you walk by faith and not by sight. You walk by faith and not by sight till you get to the communion meal. Now you have a supernatural meal that brings anointing to you. Your head anointing brings healing to your body. As a matter of fact, if you begin to look in the Old Testament at everything that happens because of the covenant meal, the Passover meal, it, it is absolutely incredible. And if it's in the Old Testament, then how much more for us? If you read in the Old Testament in chapter 23 of Exodus, it says these things happen because you have the Passover meal. You'll have long life. You'll have healing. There'll be an angel assigned to you for your protection. If the Old Testament's good and the New Testament's better, then let me give you the list again. A long life, healing, the angel of the Lord, future fruitfulness, prosperity or prosperous uh, activities now in your life, then future fruitfulness, and then the enemy defeated, and then you having kingdom authority. These were the blessings of the Old Testament Passover meal. We're going to take a meal today. You're going to handle it with your hands. It's going to be a cup of juice. But the Lord said, when you take this, this is significant because it is my blood. In other words, what you're going to be handling is something you believe by faith, but you're going to put your hands on it today. You're going to eat bread today. And I get it that it's bread. But Jesus said, if you could understand the covenant, this represents my body. You're going to believe that the body was broken for your healing. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. By his stripes, we've been made whole. And today you handle what you say. In other words, what you believe by faith you're going to put your hands on today. So I'm, I'm just trying to bring this meal up from, uh, we're going to eat a little bit of bread and drink some juice and go home. That we're going to handle a covenant that God has ordained and we're going to put our hands on it by faith today. So I jotted down the thought about the Syrophoenician lady because when she said, my daughter needs to be healed and Jesus said, yeah, but you know, that's the, the children's bread. And we don't give the children's bread to the to our pets, we, we we don't give them the bread. And she said, "Yeah, but the pets even get the crumbs." And if I could just, if I could just get a crumb, and the Bible said at that moment, he said, "You go, you got it. Th- th- this is working for you today." Can I help you right now? She understood the fact that that bread was going to be for the healing of the nation. She understood that, and she said, "If I could just have a crumb of that, I'm just going to help you this morning. You're going to particular." participate in something that that lady wanted to participate in. And Jesus said, well, I don't know that you can be able to do that. And she begged her way in. And he said, absolutely. Can I tell you something? He said, now there is no Jew and there is no Greek that there's not a male or female in the sense of, or is one better than the other? We're all in here together. And we have an activity that we're going to participate in today. And that woman got the children's bread. We're going to have that. The other thing that the bread is called in the Old Testament, it was called the showbread, S-H-E-W, showbread. And it means the bread of his presence. So back up to Psalm 23. The shepherd prepares the meal. Y'all. We didn't do this. I know Beverly cut the bread up and put it up. I I get what we did here today. But the meal that you're by faith handling today is not one that you prepared. It's one that our shepherd prepared for us. And it is not a church house meal. It's a your house meal. 
Back up and say it another way. This isn't just about church today that we're going to do communion because we're at church today. This is about your family, about your house when we take communion. So when we take communion today, once you get it and you receive it, we won't take it yet. We'll go back to our seats. I'm going to let you sit down today. And I'm not sure exactly why I'm doing that. But, but instead of us standing and partaking, we're going to sit down and we're going to take the meal together. So it's the bread of his presence. The shepherd prepared the meal and the shepherd was at the meal in the presence of our enemies. Because you're going to say, boy, Mike, you don't know how bad it is. You know, I don't know how bad it is, but I know there's a God that loves you. I know there's a God that is interested in your family, no matter how bad that it is. You don't know my health issue. I don't know your health issue, but there's a God that took a bruising for your health today. I, I don't know about your backslidden children, but I know that there's a God that searches for us. Surely goodness and mercy is pursuing us according to scripture. And I believe today as we take communion, that there's a pursuing spirit of God. I believe the Holy Spirit draws us to the Lord. And I believe that that goodness and that mercy is pursuing your family. Yeah, but you don't know my wreck of a husband or my, my wife, how sorry she is or how bad my children are and how backslidden they are and how far away from God they are. I don't know that, but I know God and I know that he will chase them down with goodness and mercy. I believe that. When you take communion today, you're just standing up and telling the devil, get your hands off my kids. Get your hands off my spouse. In the name of Jesus, get away from my finances. Get off of my health. The benefits of communion are more than we're just going to take a little bread and wine. There is the benefit of it. So I, I jotted down that, that the Last Supper, when Jesus took the Last Supper, that it was called, the, that Paul called it the Lord's Supper, and he called it the Lord's Table. In 1 Corinthians 10, he said it's the Lord's Table. In 1 Corinthians 11, he says, this is the Lord's Supper. And it dawned on me that he didn't say saviors. So I'm going to help you today. We're not going to take the Savior's table today. We're not having the Savior's supper today. I don't want to hurt your feelings. But if all you've got is a Savior out of Jesus, you've got fire insurance. Oh, you're not going to go to hell. You got fire insurance. You have a savior, but you're doing what you want to do. You've got a savior and you're acting the way you want to act. But it's not the savior's table. It's the Lord's table. And there's a difference in the savior and the Lord. I want a Lord in my life. Oh yeah, I want a Savior. I want to be born again, but I want that Savior to be my Lord. I want His yeses and I want His noes. I want His open doors, but I want His closed doors. I want the friends that I can pick, but I want the friends that He says no to. I want the places that He will let me go. I'll go to the places that I can go, but I want to know that there's some things I can do and some things I can't do, and I'd rather have a Lord and not get everything that I want, but get everything that he wants. So when you take the Lord's table today, you're not taking the Savior's table flippantly. Well, I'm born again. I can take it. Yeah, I want you to. I want you to take it, but I want him to be your Lord today. Another one of my notes, I guess I'm not doing very well on my, on my, on my sermon I prepared, but just out of my notes, can I give you another couple thoughts then that the other, the other idea that I wrote down is 
the, in the presence of God, this meal is special. And, and, in, and, and uh, in Exodus 12, they had the Passover meal. They reproduced it again in chapters 23 and 24 of Exodus. And in chapter 24 of Exodus, the Bible said that Moses and his brother Aaron and his two sons, Nadab and Abihu and, uh, and Joshua, they went with the 70 elders all up on the mountain of God. And while they were there, the Bible says that the Lord prepared or there was a preparation of a meal for them. This is the craziest thing. This is in the 24th chapter of Exodus. Because the Bible says nobody's looked on God and lived. And we read the Bible and we just skip over little things like this. But it said that these 70 men plus Moses and Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and Joshua were all in the presence of God. And here's what it said. They all ate a meal together. And they were in the presence of God. It doesn't say that they saw his face, but it said they saw his feet and they saw the throne of God. They, they were able to see because of the presence of God. And here's what I'm telling you right now. They had a Passover meal in the presence of God. When you want to have an accord, you even the United States, well, uh, uh, I'm not going to go to our government right now. <laughs> I'm probably very jaded on it. But generally, when you have international accords and you're trying to make agreements, how many of you know they have meals? They sit down at a meal together because they feel like that'll break the tension. Can I say something to you? It was the same way in the word of God. I mean, we didn't get that from the United States government or these other governments. We got that from the kingdom of God. And that is God wants to have an accord with you. He'll sit you down at a meal with him. And I just think it's so neat in the 24th chapter of Exodus that it said that all of those guys were there and God showed up and they had a meal together and they ate and they drank in the presence of God. And it's the only place in your Bible that you can see that happen, except this morning you're going to happen. It's going to happen again. Because when you begin to take this meal today, the Lord is obligated as a shepherd to be the one in the preparation of it. It's more than what we do. It's what he does in the supernatural realm. So that that was another one of my notes. Let me see. I've got another thought in here. I just jotted down in here. And that was that today when we take communion, that I need to remind you that there's going to be healing. There's going to be deliverance. There's going to be help. There's going to be strength. There's going to be guidance. There's going to be hope. There's going to be forgiveness. And there's going to be renewal or restoration. I don't know how many of y'all need that, but the Lord spoke to me about this and said, if you just let them know that they're not in here taking time, they're not in here just doing a, a thing. It's not just an ordinance of the church, but they're going to come into my presence and I want to do some things for them. One of the other things the Bible says in the book of first Corinthians chapter 11, it says we need to remember, remember. So if you look up the word, remember the opposite of remember is what? Forget. You remember, you forget. Well, it is that if you're dealing with mental fullness or mental thought, so the opposite of remember is to forget. Let me ask you this. What's the opposite of dismember? Dismember. What's the opposite? Riley? Oh. 
The opposite of dismember, carry, is remember. If something is dismembered, if it has been dismembered, then it can be what? It can be remembered. So this is the thing that the Lord told me, is to remind you to understand that He's going to remember Today, I'm going to remember. I'm going to put back together those things that have been dismembered in my life, in my spirit, in my attitude, in my soul, in my love for the Lord or, or my love for the, my fellow man. I want to remember relationships. I want to remember my position with God. I want that to happen today. When I come to this, this, this table today to take communion, I want to remember if I've got a problem in my family I, and it's dismembered, I need to remember that. But, but I've tried and I can't do it. I get that. Then let the Lord remember for you. So I jotted down just a few things that need to be remembered today. And I believe it's going to happen. That he will remember the things that are lost. He'll remember the canceled things. He'll remember the broken things. He'll remember those that are addicted. He'll remember things that are shattered. He'll remember torn marriages. He will remember the backslidden. He will remember today. Bring back what's been torn apart. And I believe it happens at the Lord's table. Jesus said, this is a new covenant. This is a new covenant. He said for us to remember. So I want to do that today. And before we take communion today, I'll ask for those that are going to come to the instruments to come back up for just a moment. Sometimes when we say things are supernatural, we equate supernatural with spooky like Shannon last week at the new members meal wanted to know if we handle snakes. <laughs> I said, I do. I kill them all. I kill them all. They're all poisonous. I don't care what they are. You can tell me, well, that's a rat snake or that's a chicken snake. Yeah. Well, I've killed chicken snakes with egg stuffed down its gullet. I kill them all. They don't have to be poisonous. They all get dead. <laughs> Best way to do a snake is kill them all and let God sort them out. If, if they were good, he'll make it up to you, I guess. I don't know, but, but I kill them all. But it's interesting to me, he was, he was teasing because he had been on YouTube or something and watching some of these folk in some of these Alabama churches uh, handle snakes. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I would handle it. I'll handle it with a machete. I'll handle it with my pistol, but I, I won't be putting my hands on it just to be holding on to a snake. Although my daughter-in-law, although my daughter-in-law that's sitting in this service on the front row Cannot deny that she handles snakes. <laughs> right, Perry? You handled one. Well, the communion meal is supernatural. It's just not spooky. And I think sometimes we think if it's supernatural, it's got to be really spooky and ethereal. But I guess the whole thing I want you to get today, that Jesus said there's not a lamb at, that's going to be on the table today. He said it's just going to be bread and wine. But the significance of it will change your life. 
Things that are dismembered can be remembered today. Lives that are broken can be mended today. If you're here and you say, yeah, but but I'm not born again. Wow. This is one of the greatest services for someone to give their hearts to the Lord that you could be in. It's the one when he said, I'm going to be here with you. And, And what a great time to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. What what a great time to do that. And then immediately, I mean, what are the chances that immediately you accept the Lord and immediately you get to come and take communion? His body, His blood. One more thing that I wrote down was about the, not just the remember and the dismember, but was also the blood. How many's ever had a blood stain on a white garment. Anybody? Yeah, right? Or blood stain on anything, but especially white. It's like impossible to get out. It's just ridiculous. And the Bible in the Old Testament says, though your sins, I know you Alabama fans will get upset with me, but just what the Bible says, though your sins be as crimson, which is red, though your sins be, meaning, meaning, that that color is so hard to get out of a garment. And he said, though your sins be as crimson, I shall make them white as snow. If you read the New Testament, it says that John saw some people in heaven. Truth is, he saw y'all. And the Bible said he saw you and you had on white Robes that had been washed in the blood of the Lamb. What a paradox. The worst staining composition is on white robes and makes them whiter, cleanses them. And that's what I'm telling you about being born again today and asking Jesus to come into your life and then to be able to come up and take communion this morning and know that the blood that you're going to be drinking the juice today, that that juice represents is what makes you white as snow. When you take communion today and you eat that bread, I want you to think about the children's bread that my body's been healed in the name of Jesus and by the body of Christ. Not because Mike Wright did anything, not because Gabriel did anything, but because Jesus gave his body for my healing. So as I take communion, I'm going to remember, I'm going to remember what's going on. That blood is for my salvation. It's for my cleansing. You don't know what I've done this week. I don't know, but I know the blood of Christ will wash that for you. You don't know my thoughts. I don't know your thoughts, but God said he can wash those. He can take care of that. My family is so jacked up. You can't imagine You know, I can't. But when I eat the bread today, I'm going to believe that there's going to be a remembering today. Because when you remember, the remembering is not just about the bread, but even even relationships of those around you because we are the body of Christ. We're We're the body of Christ. And we don't want it dismembered either.
We want to remember. We want to bring back together. So I'm just saying, I believe your family today, as you're taking communion, if I were in a situation that my family was jacked up with some kind of issue, I'd take that bread and I'd say, I thank you, Lord. I thank you right now for my generations because the Bible said that the Passover meal is generational. It's not just for Acts or for Exodus 12. It comes all the way through. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this. He said, I'm not taking it with you today. I'm waiting Till we all get together in glory. So I can tell you something. It is not only for today. It's generational. We'll do this again with him one day. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. If you would this morning. Before we come down. I hope you remember the directions. I don't. But before we come down. I want you to take a moment. To close your eyes. Just to get rid of the rest of us. Close your eyes. Just to push us out of your life for a moment. With your eyes closed. If you've been dismembered. By actions or attitudes. Situations in your life. And you're standing here saying man I'd love to take that meal today. But I want to make sure my heart is right. Then this is your opportunity. So I'm going to ask us all to pray a prayer that I don't think will hurt a one of us. Let's just say it this way. I want you to say it out loud. Just follow me in prayer. Say, I thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. We'll try it again. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your life and your death and your resurrection. It'll never be by my works that you forgive me And cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So today, I believe you to forgive me of sin. And to cleanse me by the blood of the Lamb from all unrighteousness. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me say one more thing about the promises I didn't mention. One of the promises of the Passover is a new year. As a matter of fact, they, the Lord said, I know what day it is. It's the 15th of the day, but for you, it's a new year. For you, it starts today. First day, rest of your life. So let me help you with communion. If you can understand the concept of what we're going to do today that you can have out of this is a new day where your past doesn't project your future. But you start now. If you prayed the prayer and you needed to be born again and you accepted Christ and you're washed this morning, then can I tell you something? This is your new day. This is your new day. Your past does not predict your future now. You've got a new day in Christ. And that's what they did with Passover. They started a new day. Jesus said a new covenant. Yeah, but what if I take communion every week? You take it every day. He said, as often as you take it, you have to remember you've got to believe for this. So I believe every day can be a new day for me if I take communion every day. But today is our day. I'm going to ask you, if you would, those uh, in the center section, you know which way to start down. I'm going to ask those who are going to help us with the table to make sure everybody gets served. If y'all would come up. You can start coming down and be served. We're going to ask you to hold on to it. Go back to your seat. Once everybody's served, I feel like today that maybe we're just going to sit down to take it. 
We're going to sit down like we're at a family meal. We're going to sit down like there's a table prepared in the presence of our enemies. And how many of y'all know the enemy doesn't shut up just because you're in God's presence? The enemy's hollering at you, telling you how unworthy you are, how you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. But the table is in his presence. One of the things about the devil is he does not understand salvation. He doesn't get it. The Bible says he looks in to salvation and does not understand it. What you're doing right now is totally out of his wheelhouse. He knows you. He knows carnality. He knows sin. He knows temptation. But he doesn't know what you're doing right here. He doesn't get it. It doesn't compute to him. This makes zero sense to him. He looks in and doesn't understand. Psalms 105.37 says that when the children of Israel came out of Egypt's bondage, According to scripture, they came out loaded with benefits, with gold and silver, that no one stumbled, no one was feeble, no one was weak, no one was left behind, and no one was sick. It was just, it's amazing to me that after 430 years in bondage, that they came out the way they did is incredible. If you read the scripture, it doesn't say they came out like a mob in chaos. It said they came out in rank and file. It was almost like for 430 years they'd been slaved and overnight, overnight, everything changed. It doesn't make good sense, but it makes gospel sense that that's what happens to every one of us. Generally, when we take communion, we're standing and taking it. But I just wanted to sit down by, if you're by your spouse, sit with them or family members. If you've got, I don't know, children with you and you're sitting together. I I want you to feel and understand today that there's something about family on this. This is a table meal. Say my house. Say it again. Say my house. Yeah. this, This isn't about the church house. This is about my house. Communion is about your house. It's about your life. It's not just a church thing. It's not just a ritual or an ordinance. Does that make sense to you? So you've got that bread in your hand and you've got that, that wine or juice in the cup with you. Jesus took the bread. Oh, can I give you one more just quick thought? Just, it just flashed through my brain. I'll lose it if I don't say it. How many of y'all remember that Peter after the Lord's table failed God. Anybody remember that? I know you can't raise your hands because you got them full of... But you do remember that it was after Passover. It's after the Lord's table. It's after the new covenant. He went out and he denied the Lord three times. Y'all remember that, right? I mean, just ridiculous. Who else did the same kind of thing? You remember? Judas. I've always wondered on this. Judas cried and wept, but he never could find a place of repentance and he killed himself. What a tragic ending. Peter 
denies the Lord three times. And he gets born again, becomes head of the church. Just crazy. You just wonder how that happened. You know, this is just kind of insignificant maybe to somebody. But for me, it, it caught my attention that Judas left before the meal. He didn't stay for the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the wine. And he just couldn't find his way back. It just, it just it struck me as very interesting that one of them did the communion, did the Lord's table, and even through his failure, he found that way back. The other one just disregarded it. And when he failed, he just could not find the door. And I'm going to help you right now. You may have some jacked up stuff, don't we all? But today, I thank God for the communion table because it gives you access. It gives you a place of an open door. And I'm believing for your families now. So as you hold the bread, I want you to hold the bread if you would. And I want to bless it. And Father, I bless the bread today in the name of Jesus. I bless that bread, Lord, that it brings healing to everybody that partakes today. Physical healing in their bodies. I believe you, Lord, that it will bring to them the benefits of the Passover meal of longevity. Just being able to live long and to be blessed and to, to have our family with us. Lord, I thank you right now that that body was broken. The body was broken. And it was bruised. For my sins and my iniquities. And I thank you, Lord, right now that the sins that can be seen, the trespasses are forgiven. But I thank you by the body, by the stripes on your back and by the bruising and the wounding. It was also for my iniquities, the things you can't see. So, Lord, we bless you and thank you for the bread. We thank you, Lord, that it represents a wholeness in our family. So whatever's broken today, whatever's dismembered, we believe you, Lord, for remembering in our families, in our hearts, in our minds, in Jesus' name. I want you to take the bread right now and eat it. The devil is so distraught right now. He... He's totally conflicted. He sees you sitting here with these emblems that are totally a faith issue in the kingdom of God, the Passover meal, and yet you're handling it in a physical way. He doesn't understand that. He doesn't get the next part. You're holding that cup. He does not comprehend. The Bible says he looks into and cannot understand redemption through the blood of Jesus. So he stands around and says, how stupid can y'all be? You're going to drink that juice and think it does something. Absolutely we are. We are blessed today that by faith we can handle something. We get to handle something that is a supernatural ordinance of the church of the kingdom of God. And we can put our hands on it. And we believe today. So we bless the cup. We thank you, Lord, that you said that this is the blood of Christ that you would shed. You said you were going to shed it and you said this is the blood so we get the type of it. But Lord, it's not just a type. It's a point of faith. It's a reference of faith and we can put our hands on it today. And I thank you, Lord, that it is by the precious blood 
Peter said we're not saved by silver and gold and things we've done, but we're saved by the precious blood of Christ. I thank you, Lord, that it is the blood of Christ that washes us and cleanses us. And I believe today that if there's any stain of sin, if there's any place in our life that we need to be washed, that today is our day. Though we're doing it physically, we're handling the faith picture, and as we take it in the physical sense and handle it, there's a supernatural anointing through that obedience and faith that brings that cleansing and the relief and the remembering. In Jesus' name, you can drink the cup. If you're sitting by your husband or your wife, I want you to just give them a hug. And if you're not, and you can get to them as soon as this service is over, give them a hug. And believe God for your family. Amen, y'all. You can stand if you would. Father, we love and we thank you for today. We thank you for everybody in this house. We thank you for those today that just needed to pray or pray a prayer because they just had a jacked up week or, or they just had some issues they couldn't overcome or they had that reincurring issue in their life. But today was such a great day that it becomes a first day for us that we're not going to have a projection of our past as to what our future is going to be, but we're believing God that you've got a new day for us today. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to put our hands on the faith issues of the cup of the blood of Christ and the bread, the body of Christ. And we thank you, Lord, for every family here. And I just say that you're healed and remembered in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be dismissed today.